Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Lord. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Before we go into the message this morning, I want to just remind us to that uh, I leave on Tuesday for mission to the mission to Dominican Republic. Please cover us in prayer. Pastor Daniel Rodrago and I will be going there um, from the 19th through the 28th. So please be in prayer with us. We are also engaged in a fundraiser for our church headquarters church in in Guinea. Uh, we, by the end of August, plan to raise and will raise $5,000. If you've not plugged in with a team captain and made a donation to, a, to one of the team captains, please, ma'am, and please, sir, plug in. If all of us plug in, and each one of us had 20 people that plugged in who gave $25, that would be $500 per t- captain per 10 people, which is $5,000. Now, some of us are going to go over and above that $500, right, Sister Baxter? (laughs) I received the check. I received one captain's contribution this morning. So by the end of August, we will will reach and pass that goal. The total cost for that building is $18,000, but we're going to raise the first $5,000. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So if you don't know who the team captains are, we'll send that information. It's in the email somewhere. Uh, so just go back and, and look for it. So uh, we thank God for the work that's going on uh, around the world that we are part of. Our youth in Liberia, youth and young adults, are planning that conference for next weekend. And we've already sent support to support what they're doing there. And uh, we just thank the Lord for Uh, All of the wonderful things he is doing. Now, this morning, I want to go into the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 1. Scripture I read from your in your hearing. Uh, And I'm going to read verse number 6. Being confident, I'm, well, I'll read 3 through 6, so I'll pick up a whole sentence. I thank, <clears throat> I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers f- for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Being confident. Can you all just read that together? And you may be reading from different translations, but just read it. Get it in your spirit. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I want to talk about developing yourself in faith. 
developing yourself in faith. This ties into what we've been dealing with the last few Sundays um, that talked about, you know, faith versus feelings. And this message kind of ties into it. It's, it's actually a message that I've ministered before. Uh, I ministered this in November of 2011. If you remember, it was September of 2011 that I had major surgery. And this may have been the first message I preached after, after that surgery. Uh, so, Father, thank you for your word and the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you send your word to. So you've sent this word to us today. Thank you for the way you will prosper this word in our lives. Thank you for what your word will accomplish. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Developing yourself in faith. Amen. This is all, as I said, a part of the series uh, uh, on faith versus feelings. And my intention, my intention was to talk about the part that feelings have to play because we're human beings and we have feelings. Yeah. And we, we, God, God doesn't expect us to be like robots. He knows that, that he created us as feeling beings and emotional beings. But as, as people of faith, uh, we have to learn how to put our feelings in the right place and not allow our feelings to override our faith. So we mentioned a few Sundays ago that we have to allow our faith to instruct our feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to get to that point in faith where our faith can speak to and instruct our feelings because if faith doesn't root, if we're not rooted and grounded in faith and our feelings are all over the place, our emotions are all over the place, then we're just going to be unstable people. And as followers of Christ, and I know there are a lot of Christians that are unstable, right? Um, but that's why, that's why we have to develop ourselves in faith, okay? And we have to put ourselves in the places where we can be developed in faith. And then there are times that God will put us in a place where we have to be developed in our faith. There are times that God will move, will block everybody from being around you because you're too influenced by other people and you're in a place where it's just you and God. And if you pay attention, God will do a work in you. Amen. He'll do a work in you. Sometimes, sometimes in this process of, 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 of being a Christian, we look at our physical selves and, and we see ourselves as being, for those of us who are adults and sometimes teenagers, who we're intellectual people, more and more of us are, are going to college and being trained and what have you. And so we see ourselves as smart, as intelligent, intellectual people who can think for ourselves. And so there are times people think, well, I need to do this so it can help me for where I am right now. Not realizing that God sees what you don't see 
and God knows what you don't know. And when God has put you in a place, you need to learn how to stay in that place until you're developed to get to the place where you need to be. All right. Because God knows the process. I've been dealing with this as I think about the study we've been doing in, in theology. And, and it's a long and a tedious study. But one of the things that the Lord dealt with me about is that if we could get the foundation right, then a whole lot of other questions would be answered. But see, some of us want to bypass the foundation because we think we know it. And we don't know it. We don't know. We can't bypass the foundation. Faith is our foundation, and a sound theology is what faith is built upon. Just because I know Jesus, I heard about Jesus, and I know he'll make a way somehow, there's things in sound theology that will help me know the somehow. Does that make sense? Yeah, there are things in faith that will help me know the somehow. There are things, you know, as we were studying, and, and I'm not even in the whole message today. Maybe I'll come back to this. But there are things that we studied just Wednesday night about the purpose of the church that most Christians don't get. Because we just think, you know, our purpose is to come and to, 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 to yes, to be saved and, and, and to worship the Lord. But we forget about the completion of Christ's person, the completion of Christ's presence, the completion of Christ's program, the completion of Christ's plan, the completion of Christ's portrait, the completion of Christ's uh, power. We don't even think about that God has blessed us and has privileged us to be in a place in the earth to complete what he started in the earth realm. Now, that's an honored place. That's an honored place that the Lord will consider us human beings and say, I'm putting you in a place to complete me. In the earth. It doesn't mean that Christ is not complete in himself, but what he has started in the earth. If every Christian would get that, that would help us advance the kingdom. Because here we are thinking that, that, that you know, this is all about me and what God needs to do in me so that, so that I can be a more blessed person, so I can have more money, so I can have, you know, so I can reach and, and enter my career. And a lot of times we get all confused and mixed up and we leave Christ and his purposes in our lives out of the picture because we're thinking about where we need to go and what we need to do for ourselves and we're forgetting about the process and everybody else that should be coming along with me. So if I was only concerned about having a mega church, that was my only concern because my name would be greater because I would have more money. I would, my presence in the, in, in the world would be greater if that was my mindset then I wouldn't miss what God is doing in me right now. It's God's presence that's most important, not my presence. And when God, when I am, when I am understanding my place and my purpose in Christ for his kingdom, in return, God will push me forward. But it never has to be me being pushed forward first. It never must be me being enriched, me having a great name, me, 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 me. It can't be that. It has to be Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
All right, let me go into this and, and, and speak to this. So, so uh, Paul says, being confident of this very thing, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in, she's speaking to the church of Philippi, in you, but God started that same good work in Paul on the, on, on the road to Damascus when he was Saul, God has started a good work in you and you got to be confident that God will continue it until the day of Jesus' return. God, you got to be confident that what God has started in you. Now, 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 now notice here he said what God has started in you so God didn't neglect you. God didn't forget about you. But God has a purpose and a plan for saving you. God has a purpose and a plan for bringing you into his kingdom and we have to be confident that God, had, that the, the same God that started this work, he's going to complete this work. He's not going to forget me. He's not going to neglect me. He's not going to let the devil come in my life and destroy what he started. Doesn't say I'm not going to go through, but it says that in the midst of me going through, God is going to complete the work that he started. As a matter of fact, going through is part of the process. Can someone embrace the going through in their lives? Oof. Yeah. So God wants us to develop ourselves in the faith or participate with him in that development process. Uh, so as we look at this letter to the church of Philippi, uh, it was written while Paul was in prison. He wasn't roaming around Philippi preaching. He wasn't going all over the world, but he was in prison. Sometimes you feel like you're in prison. That's why sometimes young people want to break through, from, break away from their parents because they feel like they're in prison. And then when they break away from their parents, they enjoy coming back home because they enjoy the food that's cooked. They enjoy sleeping in a nice bed. They, they enjoy the presence of being at home. But then when they were coming along, they wanted to break through. They wanted to break free because they were, they were too constricted, too limited. And you get out in the world, and it happened to all of us, you get out in the world and you realize what a blessing it was. Most of us realize what a blessing it was to be raised in the houses that we were raved in. Some people, some people had rough family lives, I understand that. But most of us realize we didn't have to pay water bill, didn't have to pay light bill, didn't have to buy food, didn't have to buy gas, didn't have to get up and go to work, you know. He was in prison, okay? The purposes of this letter is to communicate Paul's thanksgiving to this loving church that had helped him monetarily several times and even had sent a helper, Epaphroditus, amen, there to him to minister to him. So, 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 uh, and it was also to encourage the Philippians concerning his circumstances because they saw him in prison and he wanted them to understand that being in prison, uh, when you're in the will of God and you're in prison, that's not a bad thing. All right. He wanted to encourage them in their circumstances because sometimes when you see your leader going through, you get discouraged. He didn't want the church to be discouraged. The gospel was actually progressing while Paul was in prison. You wouldn't think that, but that's actually what was happening. The gospel was progressing. 
Because regardless of where we are, the gospel is not bound. We may be bound, but the gospel is not bound. It was also to encourage the Philippians to miss false teaching because there was a lot of false teachings, all right? Um, similar to the Judaizers in, in Galatians, the her- and, and they were heretics that, that demanded new converts to become Jewish first and then Christian. Or to submit to the law of Judaism and the and the, the rudiments of the law of Judaism before they became Christians. So uh, he wanted to encourage the believers, and then it was to encourage the Philippian believers uh, to joy even amidst internal and external persecution. All right, Paul's joy was not dependent upon circumstances, but on his faith in Christ. And you know, of course, we know that there's a difference between joy and happiness. Some people just want to be happy. Well, your circumstances will change, and then your happiness will go out of the window. So now you're up and down because you're just looking to be happy. You just want to be happy. No, no, no. You need the joy of the Lord, which is, which is a part of the fruit of Holy Spirit who sustains you in the midst of the, the, the persecutions and the things you go through in your life. It's constant. And, and yeah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I quote that a lot. The joy that God brings in my life, the joy that I have in serving the Lord, the joy that God pours out in me is my strength. Uh, This joy amidst problems was not a stoic resignation, but a Christian worldview. Now, if you remember several years ago, I talked about us having a Christian worldview. And a lot of people don't have a, even people in the church don't have a Christian worldview. We, we have the worldview of what we grew up with. And sometimes shifting that to the way Christ thought, the way Christ uh, uh, acted, it's a struggle for us to think like Christ. But remember the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the mind of Christ should be our mind. We need a Christian worldview. We need to view the world from a Christian perspective. Now, when I we go back and listen to those messages, but when I view it from a, from a biblical Christian perspective, I see that persecution is the order of the day. I see that I'm not going to be exempted from persecution. I see that when persecution comes, it really benefits the believer because it pushes us out of our, out of our comfort zone and causes us to trust Christ more. And I see that even in the midst of persecution, the kingdom of God spreads. I see that I see persecution from various perspectives, uh, from sickness and trouble and, 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 and financial problems and all of this that the Lord allows to come in my life. And as a Christian, I view it from the perspective of Jesus Christ, who said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So when I'm going through these things, my perspective is Jesus overcame I'm going to overcome too. This thing is not going to kill me. This thing is not going to take me out. This thing is not going to overwhelm me. Glory to God. I have the promise of the word of the, of the Lord that when the floods come and the waters are raging, those floods will not overcome me. Oh, yeah. 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 So, in this first chapter, he encourages the believer there, Philip, the believers there, Philip about his current circumstances, he's actually joyful that his circumstances have turned out to the advancement of the gospel. 
guards and inmates were getting saved and, and, as he shared the gospel with them. Did you hear that? In prison, he's sharing the gospel. What are you in the midst of right now? What's going on in your life right now? What struggles? What persecution? What trouble is happening in your life right now? What sickness has racked your body? What are you doing in the midst of it? I'm talking to now immature believers may not get this, but mature believers. What are you doing? Are you, are you moaning and groaning about your, about your aches and your pains and your sickness? And your, are you overcome and overwhelmed? Or are you sharing the gospel with those that God brings your way? And, and rest assured, God's going to bring people your way. God is going to bring you in contact with other people or bring con- people in contact with you in the midst of what you or while you are going through in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And in the midst of Paul being in prison, other people were emboldened to preach the gospel. So saints of God, as we're going through and we're still sharing the gospel of Christ, we're still talking about the goodness of the Lord. We are emboldening other people to do the same. Some young person, some person, other person is going through is watching our example. That's another reason the scripture said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father. Father who is in heaven, people are watching you. They're watching you. So how are you handling what you're going through? Ah, yeah. Philippians chapter 1, verses 18, the second part of verses 18 and through 19 says, and because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision, or I think King James says, supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Christ. Now, so so what Paul is saying is that I'm not, not just going through this alone. You're praying for me, but most importantly, God has given me the God has supplied me with his Holy Spirit. God has supplied me with Holy Spirit who is all, who embodies all of the person of Christ, all of the power of Christ, all of the characteristics of Christ. That's how I have been supplied. I like the way the King James says it, and, and it says, as it talks about the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I wonder what would happen, amen, to, to Christians if we understood that there is a supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I'll take that in, in a couple of ways. That we have been supplied with the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit supplies us, amen, with everything we need in whatever circumstances we are going through, Whatever situation, if I know that and I embrace that, I'm not in this alone. Glory to God. Amen. I was reminded last night, the Bible says, God says, when, when, when we are faithless, God remains faithful. Amen. So God is not pulling away his faithfulness because you've been fa- unfaithful. God is still supplying you because God wants to bring you through. God wants to empower you. God wants to embolden you. God wants to enrich you with his presence so that you can come out of what you're going through in your life and be a blessing to other people. 
And we embrace that. Every time the devil attacks us, I got a supply of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. He's with me in the midst of what I'm going through. Oh, yes. I got a decision, a critical decision I've got to make. I don't, I'm not left up to talking to, talking to the pastor, talking to somebody else. Well, a lot of people won't, won't talk to the pastor. You probably need some spiritual guidance. You know, you're talking to everybody else and they ain't got, they, they, they don't know what to tell you. We need to find a strong brother or sister in the Lord, amen, to talk to, amen. But then understanding that I'm not left to man alone. I have a supply of the Holy Ghost. God said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all men liberally. Everybody. God wants to give you wisdom. Amen. And he, through the supply of the Holy Spirit, through the supply of the Holy Spirit in your life, he's pouring out his wisdom in your life. You're going through times in your life when you feel like you need love, like nobody loves you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God loves you. Amen. And the Bible says the love of God is poured out in our hearts through Holy Spirit. Amen. So when you feel like nobody loves you, just remember God has called us to, 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 to in faith. And, and, and as we develop our faith, we know that that feeling is wrong. So now my faith has to speak to my feeling and say, feelings, you're wrong. God loves me. If nobody else seems to be loving me, God loves me. My parents love me. My pastor loves me. There's somebody else God has put in my life who genuinely loves me. So devil, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I will not be overcome by thinking or feeling like nobody. Oh, I believe God is speaking to somebody this morning. He's speaking to somebody this morning. So we're not going through anything alone. We're not going through anything alone. Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit is here. Uh, Paul, Paul was going through things in his life, but he wasn't worried. He wasn't worried. You remember we preached our theme for this year is completing the task. And Paul said, I count my life as nothing except that I might complete the task of Testify to the gospel of God's grace in Jerusalem. So even though people tell him, when you go to Jerusalem, prison, imprisonment awaits for you. Affliction awaits for you. Paul said, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Why? He had a supply of the Holy Ghost. And his focus was completing the will of God. Oh, if we get there, if we could just get to that point that we realize that we have Holy Spirit who's been supplied to us with all of his resources, every one of his resources, then we don't have to be walking around with worry. Most of you don't walk around with worry. I know I'm preaching to another church, but uh, most people in here don't worry about anything. Amen, Walls. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So I will not be worried. I cast out the spirit of worry in the name of Jesus because I have been supplied with Holy Spirit. Amen. 
God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If I got a bill to pay, God's going to supply that need. Amen. If there's sickness in my body, God will supply the healing. If there's trouble in my life, God will supply the relief. If there's problems in my home, God will work it out. Amen. I don't have to fight this natural battle. I fight the good fight of faith. And as I stand in faith and fight in faith, everything is going to work out. Everything is going to work. Can, can you say everything is going to work out? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Can you shout it? I know you got the mask on, but stand on your feet and shout everything is going to work out to the glory of God the Father. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Amen. As I develop myself in faith, I know glory to God. Amen. Through the supply of the Holy Ghost, that everything is going to work out to the glory of God. I will stand in faith. I will wait in faith. I will believe. I will trust God in the midst of what I'm going through. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. They that wait upon the Lord. Sometimes I got to wait. Glory to God. It's not going to happen overnight. Amen. I got to wait. I got to go through this thing because going through it is doing something in me. Going through it is developing me in my faith. So I'm going to wait. Glory to God. Amen. And every time the devil hits me on one side, I prop up on the other side. Every time he hits me on this side, I prop up on that side. Because as I wait on God, because as I wait on God, I'm going to renew my strength. I'm going to mount up the wings as eagles. I'm going to run and not be weary. I am going to walk and not faint. And not faint. Say yourself, I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to faint. Uh, no, no, no. I might be down right now, but I'm not out. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I heard James Stephen. I think as long as there's God, there is hope. Amen. And God is still the sovereign God. God still sits on the throne. He rules and he's reigns. And my hope is in him. And the Bible says my hope in God will not make me ashamed. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yeah. Thank God for Holy Spirit. I thank God for Holy Spirit. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Because I'm your pastor does not mean that I'm exempt from going through. But I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank God for Holy Spirit. I thank God for how he renews my strength. I thank God, amen. Sometimes it's in the midnight hour. Glory to God when I'm laying in my bed and he gives me dreams and visions. But he renews my strength. Yeah, long time ago we were singing a song when I was in college. When the pressures of yesterday took all of my strength away, you renewed my strength, and now I can journey on. I'm on a journey right now. Ah, God, God is developing my faith. You know, and Paul said that I'm confident of this very thing that the work God has has started in me, He will continue not until I'm 50, or not until I'm 20, not until I'm 30, not until I'm 40, not until I'm 60. He's going to continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. So as long as we live, God is continuing his work in us. Ooh. Yeah. 
Oh, yes. He's doing a work in me right now. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I thank the Lord. I had a conversation with Trevor the other day, and I have to thank God for him. I, we get on the phone, and then we start talking about one thing, and we finish with, we've gone deep into something else, and we're going to get off the phone. We're going to say, okay, Trevor, I got to go right now. And then we start up another conversation, and then he just goes, going to go. So, I know I'm talking fast, but let me slow down a little bit. So, we were talking the other day. Amen. And I just thank the Lord for this. And, you know, we were talking about about Gideon. Well, actually, we were talking about decrease, you know, because we've gone through uh, a generation where we always talked about God being a God of multi- multiplication. And we've, we've gone through a generation of folk teaching us that bigger is better. And that we look at things from the, from the standpoint of the bigger you are, the more successful you are. Yeah, thank God for success. There's nothing wrong with being successful. But sometimes God decreases. So, 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 so we were talking about this thing. And, and, and as we were talking about Gideon, he, he reminded me of the, of the, of the, of the, of the time when I believe it was the Amalekites that the Israelites were getting ready to go to war against. And they had what? 300,000 people, soldiers, I believe it was. God says that's too many. <laughs> God says, send the fearful and unbelieving home. Whole slew of them left, left 30,000. God says, there's still too many. Oh, my goodness. He said, take them down by the brook and let them drink water. And those that get down on their hands and knees and lap water like a dog, send them home. But those that scoop up water, they have the weapon in one hand. And they scoop up the water with the other hand. God said, that's who I want you to use. I don't know tabernacle of praise. I ain't talking about nobody that left. Thank God for people who left. I pray blessings on people who left. But maybe we are the ones who had the weapon in our hand. And we were scooping up water with one hand. And we were watching with the other hand. God encouraged me in my spirit. Because he is a God who will take away. Glory to God till he gets down to the point that he has those that he can use for his glory. I don't know what God's getting ready to do in tabernacle of praise, but I am encouraged in my spirit. Hallelujah. That with the, those of us who are left, God's going to use us to fight this battle. God's going to, his glory is going to be revealed. Hallelujah. Amen. As we spread this gospel, it's not about me being big. It's not about this building being over, overflowing with people. It's about doing the work of ministry. Oh. Ah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, he said, he said, sometimes small is better. Oh, yeah, small is better. We were doing a conference, and I talked about small church conferences, and, people, and uh, one of my favorite sons said, let's not use the term small. He said, that has a negative connotation. Uh, yeah, from who? From the world. And then sometimes from the church. Yeah, because we will flock to places where there are a lot of people. When you flock to places where there are a lot of people, what you going to do in the midst of all those people? You can easily get lost. <laughs> and say, what? And not be found. <laughs> Amen. 
But when you're in a small place, first of all, you know everybody. First of all, and secondly, you got access to your pastor. And second, thirdly, you can't get lost. We need everybody to step up to the plate. We need everybody to step up to the plate because that's work for everybody to do. You can't get trained here and then go use your training in a big place because you're going to get lost in that big place. So as God trains you here, God is training you here so you can take some of the load off of your pastor and the elders and ministers and get involved in ministry. Because there are some other people out there that you can reach that I can't reach. God wants you to be used in developing other people. Oh, God, help us today. Every skill and every ability that God has given in this house from the inception to the end, they should be used wherever you are. I pray you use them for the kingdom of God. But God intends for you to be trained up in ministry so that you can be used not, bef- not when after people die. Mm-mm, no, no, no. Now. So when I retire, God is already raising up somebody so that while I'm alive, I can still be here and help push the kingdom forward. Are you understanding? Are you seeing? So you just can't walk away and say, well, there's nothing there for me to do. There's a lot of stuff for you to do. Oh, Lord have mercy. You see a need. You need to step up to the plate and fill the need. Don't leave it for somebody else to do. You saw it. Why did God show it to you? You ever ask yourself the question, why did God show me this need? He showed it to you because he was impressing something in your spirit. You have the ability to meet the need. So you go to the one that's in charge and say, I want to help. And that person in charge will say, Glory to God. Now I can kind of I can push you forward. This is the way it ought to happen. I can push you forward while I'm here to support you. I don't have to be the one in the lead. I don't have to be your senior pastor all of your life. No, I want to push somebody else forward. So I can be back here pushing. And then then helping now. Because I tell you, when I retire, I'm not, I might retire from the position, but I'm not going to retire from the work. Only time I retire from the work is when the Lord calls me home, when there's no more strength in my body, when, there's, or when I get sick and I can't do. But I guarantee you, if, if I'm laying on my bed sick, if I can utter a word out of my mouth, I'll be praying for you. I'll be giving you a word of encouragement. You come to see me, amen, I'll be giving you a word of encouragement because I know what God has come. I think I got off my subject, but it's a part of developing ourselves in the faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there's no way, there's no way for us to get to where God intends for us to get to and to have the things that God intends for us to have without developing and stretching our faith. This is a faith walk, saints. It's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. So you got to go through. Got to go through. We use the example of, 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 of bodybuilding. You're not going to get strong and have big muscles and a healthy body unless you go through the process. And you can't stay at the same weight level all the time. Ooh, you get used to one level, you got to put more weights on because your muscles have to be challenged. Ooh, 
I was reading something the other day about when you get to the point that you, that you, I guess it means that you fail, you, as far as you can go. Then you take a break, you get your muscles restored, and you come back, and you start at that point pushing, and then you add more weight to it. It's, it's, does it seem like God is adding more weight to your life? Why? Hmm. Now, now, yeah, I'll just leave it right there. All right, yeah. Ah, so, again, being confident of this very thing, that he who has, who has begun a good work in you shall continue it until the day that Jesus returns. Uh, this says to me that God is serious about this development of my faith. God is serious. He is committed to this. God is committed to the development of your faith. Are you that committed? He keeps working in me and will keep working in me until the day that Jesus returns. Now, development is different from growth. You can grow and not develop. I remember when I was working for the Department of Social Services, and you've probably heard me mention this years ago. There was what was called a failure to thrive syndrome that we saw in some children. So they were growing physically, but they were not being nourished. They were not thriving. So a person can grow physically. You can, and this ties into what I said about the way we see ourselves. You can come to church, all right? You can sit under every sermon and know every sermon I preach and write them down, write the notes down. And you can grow in age and physical stature, but not develop spiritually. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They don't develop spiritually. You got to develop spiritually. We like the, the exciting part of messages. We do. We, we still like that old, a good old preacher that would come and tune up and, and who, we would get excited. We would. But, but, that's kind of like, you know, like, like an apple pie, peach cobbler, ice cream, you know, all those wonderful sweet things. You ever get a sweet tooth and just want something sweet? Krispy Kreme donuts when they're hot. Lord, Jesus, help us today. I was in seminary and, and Krispy Kreme was on the corner of somewhere not too far from the school. Every time I ride by and see that sign that says hot Donuts now. Something, something will pull me in and I will get a dozen donuts and I guarantee you before I stopped, I ate at least eight if I didn't eat all of them. Nobody got to me. Somebody had to get to me so I could share some of those donuts. There's something about sweets that we just like. Amen. Tell the truth and shame the devil. You want some sweet stuff every now and then. But you got to have some collard greens. You got to have some cabbage. You got to have some vegetables. You got to have something with nutrition, nutrients in it that's going to help your body develop. So we just can't have excitement all of the time. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Every challenge you face in your life is an opportunity for development. You must develop your faith to a place that will surpass your emotions 
And that's what we've been dealing with about faith versus feelings. You got to develop your faith to the point, hallelujah, that your faith surpasses your emotions and your faith speaks to your emotions. Emotions will get you off track. Emotions will get you out of faith. When emotions kicks in, then fear grips us or other things happen and we lose it. That's why when you get into an argument with somebody, you have to keep a level head. But when you don't keep a level head and you get into your feelings, that person has won. That person has won. Because you got in your feelings. You didn't keep a level head. You didn't think and you didn't communicate effectively. Maturity responds differently to emotional questions. Maturity responds differently to emotional questions. Trouble hits you. You should use it for your development. What has arisen in your life that you, what has arisen in your life that you can use for your development? This hurts me emotionally. I can use this for my faith development. Seems like I'm being hit on every side. I can use this for my faith development. Maturity responds differently. When trouble hits us, when things happen in our lives. God says he will be working in us until the day of Jesus' return. Therefore, he is allowing things to happen in our lives so that we can use them to develop our faith. The question is, will we use them? Will we recognize the hand of God? We talk about Job. I ain't talked about Job in a while, but we in the faith, we talk about Job. And how Satan had to get permission to touch Job. Now, you may not lose everything you have. Your body may not be afflicted from head to toe with sores. But guess what? You're covered under the blood of Jesus. Satan can't touch you until the Lord gives him permission. Question is, do you believe it? Would you operate from that standpoint? Now, if God has given Satan permission, the question we should ask is, Lord, what are you doing? What do you want to get out of my life? How is this going to challenge my faith and put me in a place where I can be better used for your kingdom? Study the book of Philippians, Ephesians, and I'm going to stop right here. Ephesians talks about the purpose of the church. Who's the church? Amen. We are. Complete Christ, person, presence, program, plans, programs, portrait, and power. That's our whole focus. That's why you've been saved. That's why you've been saved. In the process, is God going to forget you? He's not going to forget you. 
He knows the way that I take. And when I am tried, I shall come through. It's pure gold. The trying of your faith develops patience. And when patience has had its perfect work, its complete work, you shall be complete. You shall lack nothing. God knows what he's doing. We just don't know. We just don't know. Sometimes we don't think about, I need to close my mouth. Except to God. You can ask God anything. And I need to let God do his work. And as I allow God to do his work, I can see God's hand. He will allow me at some point or another to see his hand at work in my life. His intent is to develop you in your faith. What's your intent? You see, it takes a developed faith to do this work. Now, I'm not saying that you got to get to the end of the development before you do the work. Because remember, Paul said, I'm confident that God is going to continue. So I get to one level. He keeps on working till I get to another level and get to another level. See, now, this, this is the danger of us having superstars in the church. Because superstars think they made it. God ain't finished with the superstar. I was reading somewhere that it's not superstars that push the faith and advance the kingdom. It's those who serve. Those who serve the superstars. They're the ones. It's the workers behind the scenes. It's those people who come out here when the rest of y'all not here and they're praying. I'll start with prayer. They're praying. They're praying at home. They're seeking God's face. They're praying for you. They're praying for the ministry. They're preparing for worship. And you just come and you just see to enjoy the worship service. It's the people behind the scene. Superstars That's all they are. They need to put Jesus in the front. It's those who serve. Notice that is, well, maybe back then Paul wasn't well known, but he did more work than, than most other, other, other apostles. He wrote more books at least. But he always referred to himself as a servant of Jesus Christ. One of the most sickening things among us, for me, may not be for you, is man of God, woman of God. I'm offended because you don't call me apostle. I'm offended that you don't use my title. The sickening. Because we are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. You call me by my first name. That's what my mom and my daddy named me. They didn't name me bishop. You glorify Christ. I understand respect. I do. I do. I believe children should put a handle on people's name. It's respect. The things that we learned growing up, you didn't go and call your, your grandmama by her first name or your daddy by his first name. 
respect that's taught you. But the important thing is that we glorify Jesus and we serve because there's a danger now. There's a danger when we get big that we expect people to serve us. Then we get to the place that our faith is not continuing to be developed because we've gotten too big even for God. God wants us to develop our faith. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. He's going to work. He's in the process. He wants us to submit to the process. Develop yourself in the faith or in faith. Develop yourself. See everything that that the Lord allows you to go through as a part of that process. Get into the studying. Get into knowing the scriptures, understanding the scriptures. Get into viewing things from a scriptural perspective and applying the scriptures when stuff happens in your life. How can I use this? What is God doing? What is God saying? How does he want me to be developed through this process? Amen. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void. It accomplishes what you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us. Thank you for prospering your word in the things in our lives that you've sent your word to. There is not one of us that you don't see, that you don't know. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us and knowing us. Thank you in the midst of what we may be going through in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in us. Help us to get a glimpse of what you want out of us through what you are allowing or what you're taking us through in our lives. Thank you, Father. Amen. So if there's anybody today who needs to give your life to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity right now to give yourself to Christ, whether you're in the sanctuary or online. God created you for his purposes. Your life will not be fulfilled until you are engaged with him and fulfilling his purposes for your life. Nothing will satisfy you. You can have all of the money in the world and you'll want more. You can have airplanes on islands and there will be an emptiness in your life without Jesus. Sometimes we think if I had more money, I'd be okay. No, if you had more money, you create more bills. But if you have Jesus and he has you, you learn, as Paul said, to be content with what you have. And then you'll see the hand of God at work in your life. And as you grow, God will add more to you. But until the adding comes, 
you got the promise that he will supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus, if you've never accepted him as your Savior and your Lord, today can be your day. So if you're watching us online and you want to accept Jesus, want to yield your life to him, we want you to follow us as I lead you through this prayer of faith. And then once you've prayed the prayer of faith, write to us. There's someone that's watching the broadcast, following the comments. You can put a comment in the comment section. Give us information as to how to contact you or go to our website, topraise.org. And there is a section there that you can fill out and give us your information so that we can follow up with you and either connect you to a church or help you begin the process of your growth in Christ Jesus. So pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I believe that you died on the cross to satisfy God's law that says the soul that sins shall surely die. I've sinned. I deserve death for my sin. I've never accepted you, but today, today, I am accepting you as my Savior and my Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my life, please. Save me from my sin. I receive you now. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, 
go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.